the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. All right, welcome to the podcast. I'm here with Seth Rogen. I'm just kidding. We're <laughs> Chef Klubeck. He is a world-class coach. He is an expert, author, sales coach. You're gonna, you're not gonna want to miss this. So, well, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. All right. So, what is Get a Clue? Tell us about that. <sighs> Get a Clue. You know, it started off as uh, you know, in high school, I wanted to. Well, do you want to go deeper? Right. Tell it's me. like, Tell hey, us. like subconsciously, we make fun of ourselves first before anybody else gets the chance to. And it it's disarms clue them. With Klu, which yeah, is a, yeah, kind of spin off your last name. Klu, Clue back, right? So instead of getting clueless, or you know, I thought I would come up with Get a Clue and just own it and kind of protects me from being picked on yeah. as a kid. But then in high school, I. I learned what an editorial was. I was a sports writer for the newspaper, and I'm like, well, what's the editorial page? And like opinions. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. We get to write opinions. Yeah. What about what if we do that on the sports page? Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'll write an article called "Get a Clue." I'll just bag on somebody, create some controversy, and more people will read the paper than yeah. would have otherwise. And then we'll go sell advertising. So that's that was cool. that's how it started. But then um, fast forward, however, you know, 20 years later, 15 years ago or so, I, I formed "Get a Clue" as a C corp, mm-hmm. so that I could start marketing myself as a coach, consultant, trainer, soft skill guy. That's cool. Yeah. So Get a Clue is kind of the title of your book, right? Um, yeah. Well, it's the title of my C-Corp, you yep. know, my, my corporation. So everything I've done in personal, it's professional. Kind of brand. It's my brand. It's a brand. Yeah. yeah. And and I'm transitioning out of it, actually. It's always going to exist. It's always going to live. But the new brand that I'm really excited about, you may ask me later, is called The Integrity Game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did. Uh, my first uh, self-published book was called Get a Clue in 52. It's mm-hmm. a 52-tip book. It's got these five categories, accountability, sales, marketing, networking in yep. communication, broad brush strokes, but the, the, in my flavor, the way I deliver it. My background is I've got a master's in communication. I'm yeah. a retired adjunct professor nice. of communication. So I used to teach public speaking and have to get people past the fear and get them to finish what they started. And it was a beautiful blend when I learned structured personal professional growth. I was a better professor yeah. and I'm a better speaker trainer because you know they just they complement each other. So get a clue in 52. It's been out for a couple of years now. Um, and then we've got the new edition another, uh, is right here. It's the entrepreneur edition. So mm-hmm. the second one has five categories all related to being an entrepreneur. Right. So those categories are personal branding, business acumen, business ownership, leadership and influence, and then work-life balance. And you, you, I'm sure you know as, a, as an entrepreneur. All those so important, man. Yeah. And, and like a lot of our viewers, listeners are mortgage brokers. Mm-hmm. And they might have a team, so they're they're entrepreneurs in some sense. You know, they're selling mortgage products, but they're also, you know, business owners. They're they're trying to build team. They have to do their own marketing. They have to do their own, yep. you know, payroll. So they're somewhat of an entrepreneur, right? Because they are totally creating, an entrepreneur. Yeah, I mean, they're not creating like a new product or they're not creating a new, you know, avenue for business. But they're but they're definitely entrepreneurs. They're, it's they're a yeah, you don't owners, yeah, right? I don't think you have to have like a, a, an invention. Yeah. Or something like that. You do, by definition, you either buy, inherit, acquire a business. You're yeah, an entrepreneur. You're an entrepreneur. So Absolutely. there's different flavors of entrepreneurs, of course, and how people come. There's serial entrepreneurs, and there's mm-hmm. you know entrepreneurs by inheritance, and some people, you know, mom and dad had the business, and congratulations, you now have the business you, now. Now you have to be an entrepreneur. So so there's different levels of of, of acumen or uh, incentive or engagement in yep. the entrepreneurial identity. Yep. So so brokers are definitely entrepreneurs. What's funny is their initials are in every box on their org chart until they learn how to delegate scale. and scale, hire, delegate, right. on a, all, all of that stuff. So yeah. I would never, never, ever suggest that a broker is not a business, totally a business. Yeah, no, I agree. I just I remember one podcast I had, this guy was like, 
mortgage brokers are not entrepreneurs. And, he like, and he was a, he's a smart guy. And I was like, eh, I don't know if I agree with you. I get what you're saying. Yeah, you know what he meant. Yeah, I know what you meant. Right. Because there's like he's their business. They're self-employed. They're business owners. But I'm an entrepreneur. I know it. And I started a mortgage company. Well, and the, and uh, so I disagreed with him. But anyway. I the more successful you get as an entrepreneur, the more accountable you are to others, institutions yeah. or people. Right. So a broker has less accountability than a traditional entrepreneur, the way we'd look it up or research a definition, right? Somebody sure. that's got a board, somebody that's got... Um, uh, they've got investors or they've got a loan or they've got uh, whatever the case may be. If you grow a company to 100 people, you have way more accountability than a broker. Right. It's got a bunch of independent contractors. Yeah, because you could be a loan ranger just like you yep. and your your loans. And I have friends that crush it, that they're, they just, they only want to deal with them, you know, their own loans. Mm -hmm. Maybe one processor and they're just tired of dealing with all the, the whining and the headaches that come with staff and people i mean it's a wise choice happens, for some yeah. people because some people are way better at originating than they are administrating absolutely when you get down to breaking down now anybody can be successful at sales or originating 100%. and anybody can be successful at administrating but there's some people that are cut out for it naturally instinctively when we talk about behavioral styles you were before we started you're asking about strikes fighters and different assessments that we can mm -hmm. run mm -hmm. to really understand what's the best foot forward that people need to put forward to succeed in their jobs and absolutely. they're like brokers they're you know some brokers are analytical yeah. So they're going to have all the admin down. And some brokers, they're really great at originating and they got so good they to create talk, a business. They got the gift of gab. Well, they got so good yeah. now they got to create a business. Right. But they don't like all that administrative stuff. So the, the key thing about being an entrepreneur is nobody succeeds alone and you got to find good help. You have to have a good team. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how important it is to speak well. Mm -hmm. Because we all admire people who speak well. They can get up. They can make a toast. They can you know, talk to anyone. They, they can give speeches. They can give presentations. Yeah. When you see someone like that, you're like, man, that I wish I had that, right? And some people, yeah, it may come naturally, but some, it's a lot of people, it's learned, it's, it takes practice, it takes discipline, it takes all that stuff. Like, tell us about kind of what your, your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, what comes to mind is I'll, I'll pull one. Um, the integrity game I mentioned is a 10-point model, so I'll, mm -hmm. I'll lean on one of them, gifts. Mm -hmm. When you arrive at a place where you speak well or you're admired for speaking well, yeah. you, you know, you're a gift to your audience. Mm -hmm. Okay. Prior to that, though, you might be given uh, God-given gifts, like a gift of gab, like right. a, a disposition, a behavioral style instinctually that lends yourself to a quick processor and I can see what I'm thinking and I can quickly encode my mm -hmm. thoughts into mm -hmm. words, right? Uh, so, so that type of ability would be God-given, but then we talk about you know self-made. Mm -hmm. What are you doing to cultivate, optimize, etc.? So if you know a lot of people can wing it, uh, they could just get up on the fly, and they have a, a gregarious, yeah, right? booming voice, and they're funny. You it, know. Any of that, yeah. Right. It, it, my money is on the people that invest in those gifts by working hard and developing. So now yeah. you can get really good by having a curriculum. People, okay. when people want to get good at speaking, they focus on the speaking or they focus on the moment I'm on stage. What am I going to wear? Yeah. What do I do with my hands? What color looks good in this lighting? Right. Forget all of that, right? Like you have to be 100% about your audience. You have to know that you can inform them, persuade them, entertain them, you know, the basic purposes yeah. of speaking. But a lot of us, ourselves and your listeners have a subject matter expertise. They have an acumen. They have some sort of professional equity. They've gotten good at, most people have gotten good at doing something. And then for those of you that haven't, decide what you want to get good at. Right. And then what's the curriculum of that? You know, great question I ask people when I'm coaching, especially for those that want to be good speakers. But usually when you, when you do the work to become a good speaker, now you can become a good trainer. Yep. 
you could be you could create courses out of your stuff if you have your curriculum your outline what's the content that people get when they interact with me yeah. and then that you could repurpose that whether it's speaking or training or books etc mm-hmm. and you can um, also funnel that just into sales right like when you talk 100%. to someone if they have a, a confidence if they have you know if they're speaking well then people will listen a little bit more people might like you more for some reason you know and, and i think you know for us it's like how do we just get better at sales you know like every every day right like how do we and, and i think speaking is one of those key things in sales that you need to be good at i think i don't think there's any better way to grow a business whether it's sales or the business itself or to be of influence in any way shape or form than speaking i think it's the number one it's the way, way to get right? yeah. interest and in all of that and and you're going to be more excited to speak. See, when I used to teach public speaking as a professor, mm-hmm. all the students would say, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to talk about. What should I do my speech on? What should I do my speech on? It's like, no, 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 no. You, you could pick a topic. You're afraid of doing the work to prepare. Right. People are worried about being that moment. But what they're really afraid of is the preparation. And what I'm trying to communicate here is if you know what your curriculum is, if I know 10 points, yeah. I've got 10 points and I know how to go deep. I know how to go wide on those 10 points. Anytime I'm asked to speak, I can pull from that. I can pull from my curriculum and be conversant. And you said SME or su- subject, subject matter, matter expert. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's something that, you know, if you, that's a great tip is like have 10 things you really know well, maybe write them down, memorize them. Curricular, create a curriculum. Yeah. And then you can, like you said, pull from that anytime you're on the phone. If you're on a sales call and someone brings something up, you should maybe know that objective or, or objection stop or kind of like how to overcome that. Um, because mm-hmm. there's probably like, you know, especially with mortgage sales, there's gotta be, I mean, there's pro- at least there's 10 at least, but there's probably five hot ones that, you know, are always coming up mm-hmm. like the rate or the, you know, I don't, you know, I have the lowest Sta- rate. The usual suspects yeah, or the, the like usual, yeah. the frequently asked questions versions yes. of, and now here's the thing. I'm a big mindset and communication guy, wordsmithing. So I'll tell you right now, I never call it an objection. Yeah. Right. An object, like object, right. immovable object. I object like yeah. halt. Right. I don't call it that because now I think it's like this big concrete Pearl, material yeah. thing that I'm not going to be able to get through. What I call it is a concern. Mm, I like that. If I call it a concern, now I instinctually want to address it. Yeah. But if it's an objection, I want to cr- crush it, squash like it, battle, kill it. Right? Yeah, I don't want to feel that way when I'm doing <laughs> sales. I don't want to feel that way when I'm trying to solve somebody's problem. So I don't want to feel sure. adversarial with them. I want to feel like, hey, I'm here. And then you can get into the techniques. Like, I understand this is one of your concerns. Are there any other concerns of yours that I would need to address prior to moving forward with this deal? Yeah. No, I like that's, that's a huge. Great. Like, like I either can address your concerns or I cannot. But yeah. if I address them all, we'll move forward, right? Right. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I, so uh, we'll, we'll expand on that, I think, more. Sure. But um, I want, I'm curious. You said you were a, a professor. Yes. And then you now and you became a coach. What, how was that transition? transition? Um, kind of what made you do that? Or what? Yeah, great, great. First of all, transition, um, gas pedal clutch. Have you ever driven a stick shift car? Mm-hmm. Yep, you can't car, yep. you can't press down on both and you can't let off of both. Right. You have to slowly press down on one as you're letting Smooth, off on yeah. the other. And that's where a lot of coaches out there struggle. Uh, I heard a statistic, you know, almost a decade ago, and it's probably still close to true that uh, 90% of everybody that calls themselves a coach makes less than 40 grand a year as a coach. Mm-hmm. So just real quick in the coaching industry, you need to have other sources of income or you need to have a gas pedal clutch situation where you could slowly let 
off of one and let down off the other, right? right? Unless you're coming into coaching from like corporate. Let's say you've been in corporate for 20 years. Yep. You've got all this equity. You've got all this stock. You've got a little nest egg. You've got a ramp, a runway to build mm-hmm. your business. But people that are starting with not a lot of money in the bank, right? I recommend you have some other source of income, a spouse that's got a stabilizer. or sure. a, So so I didn't make a lot of money when I taught because I would get this uh, mail. <laughs> I would get this envelope once a month with a bunch of peanuts in it you know, <laughs> for teaching, right? Yeah. But it was still something. It was stable. And what more important than the money was the identity of Professor Klubeck, which made me better as a coach, consultant, trainer. Mm-hmm. And then I was a better professor because I was bringing all of the personal professional growth modules into the classroom. So there was an overlap. That's good, yeah. But then once I got in demand, when I created my curriculum for coaching, started doing coaches training and teaching other coaches how to coach and build businesses coaching, making money as, co- as a coach, I got recruited to go around the world. I got assignments in 12 different countries, four continents, and uh, I couldn't be in the classroom when I was traveling around the world. So I retired in 2017, almost five years now. And I've just been focused on get a clue and personal professional growth and soft skill development and writing books and all Traveling that. is great, man. So, you got to speak. Did you um, have interpreters in this other country? No, no, no. English speaking countries. All English speaking. Yeah, it was all. I never had Australia, to. Australia, England. Yeah, it's the, the funny thing about Australia, I'll never forget. Um, the first time I was in, are you ready? Melbourne? Yeah, Melbourne, sure. right? Melbourne. But, but they say Melbourne, yeah. right? So I got up, like, I'm looking at the audience, I'm looking at the crowd, and, like, I want to get that right away. I wasn't the featured speaker. I was, like, a guy that had to, like, fill time. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, I had about an hour and a half or something that I was. I said, hey, everybody, I'm so excited here to be, you know, I'm so excited to be in front of you or whatever. I said, I'm so excited to be in Melbourne, but don't worry. Two days from now, I'll be leaving Melbourne and <laughs> we'll all be sad. And they just laughed right away. They appreciated it. And the right there, yeah. right there. I also, what I love about Australia is that they get upset if you don't cuss. Oh, Sometimes really? you be like, oh, I'm sorry if I use a bad word every now and then. They're like, are you kidding? Blah, 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 blah. They're letting oh, yeah. you have it. Talk about breaking ice. They, <laughs> they loved, yeah. yeah they Austra- word, Australia. Right? I was on Australia like maybe 14, 15 times in a, less than two years. I love Australia. Perth and Sydney and Gold Coast, Coolangatta and Melbourne. A um, lot of friends still in Australia. So if anybody's listening, I, I, love, I love it down under. Hello, Australia. <laughs> I'm talk but it's English butcher, speaking. It's English speaking. You know, in in, in Europe, yeah. you know, Amsterdam, Germany, uh, Most Belgium. Most of those countries yeah. like, speak four languages, and you're like, oh, we suck. Yeah, Americans. Yeah. Only, only speaking one. Um, <laughs> we, we do. We suck. Were you, were you an effective communicator, like, always as a professor? Or were you, like, something you had to work at? Um, yeah, it's in the eye of the beholder. Okay. Okay, and this is not just for me because I'm a professor. Or I have a master's degree in communication or any of my experience. Right. right? Communication is receiver-based. So it doesn't matter what I think about my own communication. What yeah, matters what is what people, people get. Yeah. Right? And this is, like, one of the conversations I have. Like, I'm a baseball dad. Okay. And I've got baseball dads that I hang out and drink beers with after baseball games, right? But here I am having, I have a master's in communication, 20 years experience teaching people public speaking and nonverbal and persuasion and critical thinking. And people pay me hundreds and thousands of dollars to talk to me. Right. But that's my level of understanding and I'm bringing into the baseball dad conversation of the beer and they just don't want to hear it. Yeah. So am I an effective communicator if I'm just speaking? Depends on where you are. It's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very important to understand audience. It's like same thing with the public speaking question. It's not about me and what I'm saying. It's about what my audience is and who's my audience? What do they need? Yeah. If I can stay focused on that, I'm going to be more effective than if I'm focused on me. And that's also you know, translates right into sales. Like when you're talking to one type of person versus another, Yes. you know, like it, it's 
that's key, right? To know mm-hmm. that you have to be in tune with that, and that comes with the emotional intelligence, right, and all those things. Or behavioral assessments, yeah. right? Um, back to your question earlier, public speaking. If I haven't met anybody that I'm dealing with, and I want to sell to all of them, and I'm speaking at the front of the room, and yeah. they're like 40 people in a first-time homebuyer seminar, or yeah. you know, get ahead through a real estate investing seminar, or a half day, one day, whatever it is. Yeah. I know that from the front of the room, I have to tell stories and you know, um, elicit emotion yeah. for my right brainers. And I also know that I need some charts and some statistics and some data for my left brainers. Right. So not, that, just so, not leave them out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I want to. I want. Both. Yeah. And there's tons of um, marketing acumen that's out there where marketing messaging and the words of sales letters or ads are. Uh, constructed based on what we know about differences in behavioral styles. So when you say, well, mm-hmm. different people, different message for different people. Sure. Um, the salesperson that has a one size fits all approach is doomed. Right. You mentioned uh, doing like seminars. Like, so, so right now, this, as we, you know, this is a crazy time in the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, rates are up. People need, you know, a lot of brokers need to get more into non QM because it's less rate sensitive. Now, slow down and say that again. Non QM, which is like non, it's a, it's a different side of the mortgage business. Okay. It's more geared towards entrepreneurs, self employed people. Oh, right, that's the big thing. Bank statement loans because of the it's it's part of the the great resignation, mm-hmm. right? It's always been hard for a self employed person to get a loan, but yeah. now there's so many self employed people that want to take advantage of what's happening in the market, but they left their job because of COVID. Now what? Do I still qualify yeah. for a loan? What's exactly. happening? Tell so, me about it. Yeah, so the, the non-QM is, is going to double this year mm-hmm. as far as the volume of loans. And a lot of our listeners would really have a massive advantage if they could go do seminars, teach people, like teach realtors, teach first-time home buyers that are self-employed, maybe go to a self-employed conference or an entrepreneur conference, and then you know present about you know this type of loan product that it exists. Basically what it is, in, in other words, is... is uh, Banks and lenders, mm-hmm. traditional lenders, right? The, the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, yep. the government loans, they all require this thing called ability to repay. And they have to use um, pay stubs, W-2s, tax returns. That's like yeah. the key thing, right? Everyone knows. Um, with, with non-QM, you have multiple ways you can you can prove your income. Okay. One of them is bank statements. Bank like statements. Twelve months of your bank statements. We look at your deposits. Receipts. Yeah, you only look at your banks. You look at your bank statements. These are all deposits. We add it up, you know, and, and then we calculate your income. Um, also, there's like you know the cash flow on the property. So if the, if the property is is cash flowing, then we don't even need your income. Right. So there's stuff like that where you can become an investor. Uh, and you just have no you had no idea that you could qualify. Maybe even turned down by a bank. And Worse yet, you assumed you couldn't without researching it or exactly. without looking to a resource like yourself. Well, if you get told no by two or three banks or lenders, you're going to be like, <laughs> right? You're like, uh, well, shoot, I can't be, I guess it's not in the cards for me. But um, back to my point of these, these loan officers and brokers, maybe they've never done this like a seminar. Maybe they've never done like right. some kind of public speaking in front of 20, like a lunch and learn, you know, bring realtors, give them lunch, stand up in front of them, you know, like how does someone break into that? Um, the, I mean, you got to just do with, it. But well, 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 I mean, I, uh, you know, the first time I sell a house, I'm not going to for sale by owner the first time. Yeah. I might have to have three or four of them before I think I've learned enough to go do it on my own. Sure. Same thing like you're talking about. I wouldn't do it on my own the first you time. Get someone else that can speak. Yeah, to I would get me mm-hmm. to come in, Okay. you know, and coach that person on the agenda for the event. Right, like I would be I would be the speaker, and I would third party testimonial that broker all day long. The third party, the te- the broker would yeah. come out and say, "Thanks for everybody for coming. We can't wait to serve you. You're going to get a lot of information tonight. We hope you enjoy the drinks and the notepads and the so forth." And you know, right? But but have a speaker that knows how to speak 
keep an audience engaged, deliver content and seed plant the, right. the persuasion, and you know, you to may, move people to the back to go sign up for whatever they need to sign up for to begin the process. Right. But what I would love about what you're saying is, is I, I would I would love to speak at something like that because, yeah. you know, I'm an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. And my wife's corporate. So whenever we want to do stuff, we use her corporate stuff. We don't right. even have to deal with my stuff. Thank God. We're lucky. Cool. But I know dozens of people that are in the situation that you're talking about, mm-hmm. H- probably hundreds. Yeah. And so I would love to it, you know, be a part of something like that to get that word out because I know how valuable uh, home finance finances and I know how important of an investment yeah. it is to be in real estate. It's like there's three ways to build wealth, business ownership, real estate, and inheritance. Absolutely. And two of those are riskier than, yeah. the, than real estate. Yeah. It's crazy. The uh, last guest I had on was telling me the difference in like a net worth on a renter versus the net worth, average net worth of a homeowner. It's like 40 times. I mean, it's crazy. Like mm-hmm. I think it's like 6,500 something for a renter and like, uh, like 255,000 net worth for a homeowner. So the difference the despair, is, yeah. yeah, so if you if you can help someone become a homeowner, you're changing their life, right? Like you're giving them this future that they can, you know, whatever it is that they can use that home for, you know, maybe paying, you know, college or, you know, daughter's wedding, whatever, right? Like, and then, you know, inheritance later to keep their, you know, let their kids grow. and have, Yeah. So it's like a, it's a really cool um, thing that people can do is like give these, these homeowner seminars on like, if you've been turned down, like you do radio ads, I mean, radio, who listen, well, yeah, or like other kind of you know um, social media ads on to get people to come. There's all kinds of ways to get business out there. It's that's uh, it's cool that you know you, you seem like you've been able to find business too. Just you know, on your own and, and using your own kind of skills to. Yeah, I started off, you know, networking. Yeah. For me, I know my behavioral style. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't going to get a bunch of literature, send it out to a bunch of people and wait for the phone to ring. Yeah. I was going to go and meet people. I was going to have conversations. I was going to make eye contact with people and listen to the, what's going on. Listen to yeah. what they have to say. A lot of Which people. Which has been hard because of COVID, but now it's like coming back around. People are tired of being in their homes for mm-hmm. the last two years. They're like, let's go to coffee. Let's go yeah. have a happy hour. Let's go. Like maybe they're going to be back in their office. Or yeah. Anything. COVID was the perfect time to do what we were talking about before, which is get your curriculum down yeah you got ready. quiet time you're at home you don't have to get dressed you don't have to go out all right sit down in front of your computer and get your content your subject matter expertise out of your head the question i would ask people is if somebody were going to do tomorrow everything that you could do today what would they need to know mm. yeah keep answering that what else would they need to know what right. else would they need to know what else would they need to know write it down write it down write it down and then all of a sudden you have all these things that somebody needs to know in order to do well at something and then you just group it and categorize it in a logical flow and then you're ready to write a book about it or give a speech about it or give a webinar about it or yeah. a, a fat half day full day workshop or what have you so um i really go back to the curricularizing the content understanding your subject matter expertise in a way that's going to help people and then it helps you with the public speaking the biz dev and then you know on the networking back to get a clue in 52 in the networking section right here, I, I teach questions that networkers mm-hmm. should learn how to ask other people. Got it. Right? Like there's, it's, I'm not making Give me an example. Um, well, what's your competitive, like if we, let's, let's role play this. Let's say we sure. met at a networking event, like, yeah. Hey John, what's happening? Not Na- much, you know, just getting drinks. Okay. What, well, what brings you to the event? Do you know the organizer or are you speaking? No, I'm just uh, here to, to meet people and, mm-hmm. and, uh, Hang out. Well, the question everybody asks, what do you do for a living, right? Everybody wants to know. Yeah, I'm a mortgage broker. Okay. I, all right. What I really want to know is what distinguishes you from other brokers? I mean, like, why do people hire you instead of wherever else they can go? Oh, 
Yeah, that's a good question. I'm, uh, you know, I specialize in jumbo loans. I specialize in, you know, harder to do loans, loans for entrepreneurs, loans, loans for business owners, and. You know, I'm, I'm good at it. I've been doing it in a while. So, uh, you know, I get so referral ex- business. And- well, when people work with you, like, what do they get or how do they feel? Like, what's the best testimony you've ever gotten from somebody that you've helped? Like, wow, you know, everyone else turned me down and, you know, John was able to get me alone. So you can get it done when other people can't. Yeah. All right. So you're solution oriented. That's good to know. Now, if I wanted to refer somebody to you, what's the best referral? Like, what questions do I ask people to know if they're a good referral for you? I mean, at first, I don't like to do small loans. So, okay. you know, if you, I wouldn't want a, a small referral, but... Um, you know, not that I would bite the hand that feed me, but um, also like, you know, are they an entrepreneur? Are they a business owner? Typically, typically those people just have hard, harder times getting a loan from a bank or from a lender, you know, and and I can't really compete with Bank of America or Chase because they're just this massive institution. But if they have a hard time getting a loan from one of those places, then I'd be the person to talk to. So if I'm talking to somebody about this jumbo loan guy that I just met that gets it done and finds the solution and they say to me, well, like, well, how do I learn more about this guy? Where would I point them? Where would I send them? Send them to my, uh, I'll, say, I'll give you my phone number, email. Yeah. I just got the digits, didn't I? <laughs> you did. Now, at That's some good. point when I'm asking these questions, at some point, you're going to stop like worrying about answering them and yeah. wonder like who the, at some point you're going to want to know who I am, right? Yeah. I mean, like, like well, wait, wait, how are you asking these? Yeah. yeah. At some point. Yeah. But if I stay focused on you and so these, there's basically questions like what's your, what, what do you promise the marketplace? Right. So well, you, you know what? I'm going to stop real quick. Cause yeah, yeah. what you just did all of a sudden make made me like you more. Well, thank you. And I, I don't, I'm not being like, <laughs> but like, you know, in, in, in that kind of situation, like I'm, I'm not, yeah. I already liked you when you walked in. We were going quick to get yeah. through the role play, but yeah. But what I'm, what I'm saying is that like when someone's interested in mm-hmm. you, you all of a sudden get some kind of, is because you feel like someone cares about you, right? Versus right. like you've been, everyone's been at a party where you're like, you're, you're just around and, and, and no one asks you questions, right? And that's the majority of the time, right? Yeah. They might be like, what do you do? Oh, cool. Um, I do this. And then they start talking about themselves, right? Yeah. But if you're asking questions, all of a sudden you just got like definitely points, right? On like the, the like who, who this person is um, in like likability scale. Mm-hmm. But then after that, you know, they, they do, then then they feel like you've invested in them. And then automatically, like you just said, people are going to want to c- turn around and ask back some yeah. questions. I, I'd rather tell you about me after you've, after you've asked me. Right. Because otherwise, yeah, you don't want to sound like, a, you know. You know, whatever. Yeah. Right. And, and, and deeper, what gives me the ability to do that, or I, when I teach this to people, it comes down to this confidence that you already know who you are. You know yeah. what your curriculum you is. Tell. So I don't have to, like... I remember to try to keep this PC, but remember the old movie? Like we might be the same age, right? Um, Colors and Robert Duvall yeah. and Sean yeah. Penn. I'll never forget. So Crips. yeah, 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 right. Back in the eighties, right? For, I remember you know, the whole rap. We're da- da- dating ourselves <laughs> generationally here, but here's what I never forget: the, the Robert Duvall's telling Sean Penn the story. He says, you know, there's there's these two bulls, the young bull and the old bull, mm-hmm. right? Remember this one mm-hmm. sitting up at the pasture? Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, look, the young bull's like, hey, 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 let's look go, down at that pasture of yeah. cows. Let's run down there and get one of those cows. Let's yeah. go, hey, 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 hey. Robert Duvall's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Let's walk down, get them all. Get them all. Yeah. So in my same thing in a networking situation. I don't want to run into a networking situation, spray and pray all over you to tell you what I do, hoping that you're going to like what I say. Right. I want to ask you about you and create interest in you 
about what I do. And then when you're interested, you'll listen to my answers better anyway. Like everything gets easier. It's a hot knife through warm butter. If you have the confidence and the disposition, the maturity to wait and be patient, your opportunity will come better yet if you earn it by genuinely being interested in other people. And you just made yourself more memorable to that person too. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've, I've had times when I've been at these networking events and maybe with my wife or a friend or partner and like, leaving the party or like later on you're like oh so and so you remember their name you know or, or if you don't you're like oh there's this one person what was their name they you're were the asking, jumbo guy yeah there's, there's, there's some hook right? yeah there's yeah, something yeah. and they're like i remember they were asking me all these you're questions. the needle threader i saw you solve that problem you threaded that needle man yeah. i remember you like that whatever yeah, it is absolutely so mm-hmm. i think that is a huge skill that like we said earlier some get naturally but that is something you can work at yes and then you just Tell yourself, look, I'm not going to go and just tell everyone about myself. I'm going to go ask, be gen, you know, genuinely interested in what people have to say, and then, then you know, that's that's the best way I think to get referrals. Well, get- well, look at the hourglass here; it's right in front of my face, right? Yeah. You, you, it's, it's going this way now, but guess what? You can go the other way. Yeah. So what I'm getting at heads tails, same coin. Yep. So these questions, these you know, and they're, they're in the book, right? Yep. Get a clue in 52, shameless plug, right? Anyway, <laughs> they're in the book, right? These questions are heads tails. Right. These are questions I want to ask you. You hope to get asked back, yeah. I want to have answers to them. Yeah. So if somebody asks me, what's your big promise to the marketplace? I say soft skills and integrity without hesitation. Yeah. If they say, what's your competitive advantage? I'll say, I'm the only coach I know that has a master's degree in communication and 20 years experience as a professor. Nice. And you already if, prepared that. If so people say, what do people get when they work with you? It's like, yeah. well, they get access, they get a binder, they get a journal, they get my books, they get a membership community. Well, how does it make them feel? Well, most of the time people feel clear and they did it. So in other words, right. I've already... You know what you're I've, saying. I already know my answers to these questions. Sure. Yeah. Right. And, and then and then when you answer them back, there's no hesitation. hesitation. I've got confidence. I can nervous. maintain eye contact. Yeah. I'm not worried about what my hands feel like when I shake your hand. I can make eye contact. And yeah. I, my, my mind is more present yep. to the interaction and the pre-qualifying I can do in the moment of networking. People That's think huge. pre-qualifying comes after networking. No, it starts right away. Yeah, man. In I, my opinion. I think everyone needs to see this clip. Let's, let's make sure this is pushed out because that, that's... That's awesome. Thank you. Well, Very yeah, cool. I'm excited about this. I'm passionate no, I mean, about dude, it. Th- I mean, that right there could make the exchange with people that could be massively impactful to your more, your business. It could be a huge success or a big failure. If you yeah. if you don't prepare, what do they say? If you don't prepare, Pre- like failure to prepare is preparing yeah, to fail, yeah, right? Or yeah. Or, you know, proper preparation prevents piss poor performance. I mean, there's a bunch of them, right? <laughs> right Thank you for right. making me regurgitate those on the spot. <laughs> no, my point is, but think about also, like, like think about us. Yeah. If I call myself a coach, and my men use more broad than that. Sure. But if I call myself a coach, I'm one of 17 coaches at the networking event. Yeah. You could say you're a mortgage guy. Yeah. Like one of 17 mortgage people. Yeah. How many financial advisors, real estate agents, mortgage brokers, uh, mm-hmm. insurance salesmen am I going to meet at every networking event I go to? So Sounds I have to know, like, what differentiates you from the swinging, you know what, yeah. over here? Right. Absolutely. Right. And a lot of people aren't ready for that question. No. So what they'll say is, well, I really care about you. It's like, no, no, no. Everybody says that. What differentiates sure. you? People right. say, well, I... Have the lowest I, rates and the quickest turn times. Everybody, oh, everybody says that. that. Yeah. What differentiates you? Right. You know, and, and you're not, I'm not going to be like that aggressive in a networking environment, <laughs> but I'm going to ask the question and... in a way where now maybe after we get down now, I'm going to say, hey, are you interested in two comp sessions with myself or one of my coaches? Because we can get you much better answers to these questions and make sure that you're really kicking ass and you're ready. compared to the competition. Yeah. You really differentiate yourself. 100%. So we can do that. That's good, man. Yeah. Um, obviously, personal branding is important. You took your last name, get a clue. Yeah. Um, it makes people remember, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you have like a little phrase like that, like, you know, someone like, you, 
like you said, I mean, it could be cheesy, but memorable. And in, in, in this noisy world right now, yes, memorable is gonna win. Yeah, yeah, and you don't just snap your fingers and come up with a cheesy quote. Like there's a, I got lucky, my last name, right? Yeah. You know, like I was vulnerable with you. I said, you know, I started doing get a clue, so I would just prevent people from bagging on me. If I bagged on myself first, then yeah. I might disarm other people from using my name as an insult against me, right? You school, That's high school, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> high, even earlier, like right. elementary school and everything. By high school, I had owned it as get a clue. The article in the sports page and I got to nice. sell advertising on the sports page to the pizza shop when I showed them all the people I pissed off. Anyway, that's <laughs> that was all funny. But um, branding. So a lot of people don't understand what branding is. Yep. Right, the way that I teach it and so forth. Branding it's is more like a cool font or something. It's yeah, not, not a font. It's not a logo. Like I could tell you what I learned from one of my mentors who's here in Encinitas all these years, Brian Tracy, Brian Tracy International. Um, he says, your brand is your promise to the marketplace. Mm. Your brand is your promise. Now, branding is how you get that promise out. And then you want it to be memorable, but I teach a process. So if I'm doing a coaching session or a half day or a full day workshop, there's a formula that I use to help people arrive at brand. So it's, it's, it's kind of cute and cheesy the way I do it, but B for brand equals MP, the marketplace divided by promises times competitive advantages mm-hmm. stop there for a second brainstorm all of your promises brainstorm all your advantages it's going to come out in jargon yep. like qm you know like like Not that QM. thing that yeah, I, yeah, yeah. i'm like what yeah what okay. is that <laughs> so so when you brainstorm who's my market what type of people do i want to work with what are the promises and how does that segment the market into market segments mm-hmm. target demographics and target you know avatars and so forth then what are my competitive advantages what do i do better than everybody else that also does it yeah. What do I do that nobody else does? Right. And once I answer those questions and get all of that out, there's going to be a bunch of industry jargon here. Yeah. Right. Now the rest of the equation is minus jargon and then plus slogan. So I won't say, well, I, uh, I don't want the jargon. No, I, I don't like, I, I don't listen to your word choices to get access to your limiting beliefs, which I then can replace with empowering alternatives and condition to a point of transformation. Yeah. I say, solid. I'll say, I'll, I say, I'll do a checkup from the neck up and get you out of your own way. Yeah. That's good. Right, so the checkup from the neck up is catchy, but I arrived at it after I figured out what I'm promising. Mm-hmm. So I have to go through the jargon to get to the slogan. That's good. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, just I mean, a process that I teach. Check up the neck. I can remember that. All the other stuff you said, I was like, like what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like when I was like non-QM bank statements, this ability to repay, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So think about your younger agents. Yeah. You know, well, you know, initial brokers. They just got their broker's license and they went through all this regulatory stuff and all the stuff that they got tested on and they got all of this stuff in their head from their testing or the agents. They want to be compliant because it's regulated and sure. you know, it's like, the buyer doesn't care. No. Can you get me my house, my kitchen? Yeah. So we have to figure out a way to sloganeer our promises and our advantages. And that's one of the things that I help people with. That's good. And I I think probably the most important thing is, you know, like you said before, is like there's so many mortgage brokers. How do you become memorable? How do you become someone that people will want to use and, and you know it's like you gotta you gotta be able to rise above or you gotta be able to dif- differentiate yourself stand out and like you know you i'm glad you asked that and that was an interesting question about mm-hmm. like what kind of referral would you want or whatever i wouldn't want a fanny man i wouldn't want like your your, your first time home buyer that's a veteran because i don't do va loans yeah you know so like you send that to me i'm like, like no offense to what any am I gonna do? Yeah. no offense to anybody out there but get me the guy that was divorced five years ago has had his own you know w9 income yeah. for 30 years and it's now has well. to rebuild their life but yeah. can't prove anything to the banks give me that guy please yeah 
And then if you know that that's your client, that's who your target mm-hmm. is, yeah. then you can articulate that back to someone who's looking to... Yeah, I just made that up off the top of my head, that, that oh, guy. Yeah. I, I, would, I don't know what his I, name is, but... If I still did loans, <laughs> if I still did them, I would take that person and get him alone. <laughs> you would you'd thread the needle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. Uh, tell me about your smart, smart system. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we're talking about goal setting. Okay. Okay. And uh, first of all... And that's two A's. That's why I did the, the long... Uh, yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate that. This is important to me because I'm yeah. a big fan of look, the intellectual property, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, I don't know what your version of is theology, but it starts with God and then the, the extroverts are just putting it in their own terms, right? There's yeah. universal truths about success and motivation There's and accountability, that, yeah. right? And then people like me, we're just going to put it in our own way. Yeah. We're going to like come up with... So I learned smart when I learned goal setting way back when I was getting trained as a coach, like 15, 16, 17 years ago or something. And, and I thought, oh, this is cool because I never learned this in school. Smart, specific, measurable. Have you been exposed to smart before? No, never All right. So what I'm going to do is I'll tell you what, how I learned it and then why I changed it. Added an A, changed the R. Okay? okay. But first of all, it's a goal setting approach. It's part of the strategy of setting goals, right? Yep. And it's like criteria for setting goals. So a lot of times, if I, if I was standing in front of 100 people right now, I'd say, how many of you set goals? 100 would raise their hand. Of course. But if I said, write them down right now and turn them in, nobody would. And then when they would, it would be vague, wishy-washy, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. psychobabble. Do more business. You know? That's not a goal. That's right. a hope, a wish, or a dream. Right. Right? Yeah. So where I'm coming from is motivation and accountability. If people don't have a need to be motivated or accountable in order to achieve what they want, they don't need me. Yeah. Right? You need me if you want to change your behavior. Yeah. Right? So when I learned smart goal setting, it was cool because a goal has the form what will happen by when. There is a what, yeah. an occurrence, a happening, a witnessing, mm-hmm. a what will we get, what will we see, what will we have, what will, you know, there's an yeah. occurrence, an event, a moment in time where something happens. Sure. Um, and then and then it's the when, the T, the T in the model is by when, yeah. right? So when I'm doing goal setting with people, I encourage them to do it quarterly. So right now we're at February 11th or whatever. I'd say, what's the greatest thing you could achieve in the next three months by May 15th? Mm-hmm. And so maybe you want a million dollars. So I would say, how much do you want? But what do you need to do by May 15th to feel like you're on your way to the million, let's say, right? Yeah. So that's a, a, whatever it is, 300 grand by May 15th. Yeah. Okay. So the what, once you have the what established and people want to set goal areas for what health, relationships, finance, usual suspects, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Uh, sales, marketing, finance, the gen, whatever, yeah. right? There's usual suspects in life and business where people want better than what they have now. Right. So now it's like, all right, what by when, what by when, what by when? Now the what, the criteria for the what, this is what I learned is S is specific. If you mean wrench, don't say tool. Make it as specific as possible. Mm-hmm. So you get reticular activation. And the more clear you are, the more opportunity you'll see, like law of attraction and all of that. Yeah. Remember, um, the first car I got was a Volkswagen Bug. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I noticed all of the Volkswagen Bugs on the road. Yeah. Right? But they were all there the day before. I just right. noticed them now because I have one. Mm-hmm. So the same thing, if we tell ourselves clearly what we want, we'll start noticing ways to get it that we wouldn't even see before. Right. So that's important about specific. Okay. M is measurable. This is the really, really, really tricky part because most egos will sabotage the measurability part because people are afraid of failure. Mm-hmm. Right. So they'll make it vague and wishy-washy and general and right it, it, to avoid the accountability or to avoid the eventuality that will look at May 15th and say, no, you didn't achieve it. Yep. So it's a misunderstanding of failure. If I was if my goal was a million and I got nine hundred and twenty grand, I didn't fail. No, I successfully achieved ninety two percent of my goal. Right. Right. That's, so people so need how to do you measure that. Yeah. Well, you have to ask how what's the measurability? I'll get back to this in a second. Well, I'll, I'll do it now. Right. So let's say somebody says to me as a, a brand new loan officer. Right. Yep. Hey, man, brand new in the business, and I feel like I got the goods. And I'm like, all right, what's your goal? He says, I want to make uh, 50 grand a month. 
I said, okay, by when? Because the T, <laughs> by yeah. when? He says, by May 15th. Okay. Like, ooh, you have three months to be making 50 grand a month. And I'll clarify. Yep. Let's be specific. Do you want to make 50 grand in any month? Or do you want to make 50 grand a month? No, I want to make 50 grand a month. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, what's the measure? And he's like, 50 grand. No, 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 that was specific. What are we going to look at on May 15th to say yes or no, you're making 50 grand a month? Right. So like, look at my bank account. I'm like, what are we looking for? Yeah. Excuse me. What are we looking for when we look at your bank account? He's like, you're looking for 50 grand. I'm like, what? You said you want to make 50 grand a month. Right. If I look at it one month and I see it that you did it once, but you said you want to do it. So you, month, what's yeah. your measure? You decide, not me. How many months in a row do you need to make 50 grand a month? Yep. Or is it, what if it's 55 one month and 45 the next? Will you say, yes, I achieved it? Or does it need to be minimum 50 every month? Average of 50 over three months? What's mm-hmm. your credit? You decide, not me, but I'm yeah. going to hold you accountable. Right. Because I don't like building a mansion on top of quicksand. So if we don't know what the real goal is, how can I guide you towards it over the next three months? Let's figure out what we're really trying to achieve here. Absolutely. It's like, no, three months in a row at 50 grand. I'm like, all right, well, you may want to extend this to July 15th instead of May because we're already into February and you'd have to get a 50 grand month this month to achieve that goal. So let's adjust the time frame now. Yep. So you're not setting yourself up for failure. And most people don't even think at this level, especially when you're dealing with yourself. Well, it's the accountability. It's the external accountability source, world-class and trained. I know what to ask, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Same thing if an addiction goal. If somebody wants to beat an addiction, like quit smoking or something, I'll say, by when do you want to quit smoking? October 1st. Okay, how will we know that you quit? Well, I'll just stop smoking in September. No. (laughs) You follow? Like, like how long have you ever gone without a cigarette? What's the longest you've ever gone? Three weeks. All right, so how long do you need to go without a cigarette in order to declare that you've quit? Oh, probably six months. Okay. Uh, now you gotta push your goal. What if you do two months and have a cigarette? Do you have to start all over again at six months, or are you giving yourself an allotment? Like, what is it? Yeah, good, good point. Do you understand? And people don't ever think on this level when they're goal setting, which means they're not really goal setting. They're setting themselves up for failure. And that's why most people fail. Avoid it. Yeah. That's where they, they avoid the goal setting altogether. But and if they, you ask and them, they in ultimately public, fail too. At the end of the day, yeah. If they're not doing that goal setting with that kind of level of accountability, team, yeah, then. They're going to fail. Yeah. It's like, again, you wouldn't want to build a mansion on quicksand. No. So the, 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 the number one foundation for achievement is goal setting. All the Ivy League studies on human performance have demonstrated that all high achieving individuals share the trait, the quality, the habit of setting goals. Yeah. Not hopes, wishes, and dreams. Right, not vagaries. Right. But because specific and measurable. Because people do think goals are hopes, wishes, and dreams a lot. Yeah. Like, oh, I want to have you know, a house on the beach someday. Yeah, it's a wish. That's a, a hope. It could be a vision. It could be yeah. a wish. It could be a hope, yeah. right? But I would say by when. Where? And where do you want it to be? And yeah, what, yeah. what size house? And all, you know. all of that. Yeah. Right. So so I could teach people how to do goal setting on their own, but most people need help with it for it to really, you need that external accountability source because you got to overcome the voice in your head. Now, the ART, achievable. You have to believe you can do it. Yep. Um, in the model I learned, realistic. And then T is time bound. But when I got deeper into accountability and mindset and everything, I said, wait a second, if I believe I can achieve it, have you ever heard the Henry Ford quote? Whether you believe you can or believe you cannot, you were right. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So if I believe, and I would do this with agents, right? Imagine public speaking now. Uh, who are my brokers in the audience? And I get somebody to raise their hand. How many deals did you do last year? He says 12, right? All right. What's your goal this year? 18. All right. Awesome. 50% increase. I'll say, do you think you can do 180? No. <laughs> All right, do you think you can do 19? Well, yeah. Do you think you can do 97? No. Do you think you can do 20? Yeah. 55? No. 22? Yeah. <laughs> right? And then 25? No, that would be more than double. I kind of feel weird about that. I think 24. Okay, how much average, How much money do you make on a deal? Oh, roughly around five, six grand per deal or whatever. Yeah. You know, if it's a younger, you know, if it's a younger guy or girl or agent or whatever. And so I'll say, wait a second. So by holding you accountable to what you really believe, 
Yep. Did I, you know, 18 to 24, the six more deals, mm -hmm. did I just make you $30,000 more by holding you accountable to what you really believe? Because left to your own devices, you stopped at 18, but just answering a couple of my questions, you got all the way up to 24. Yeah. I call that the threshold of belief. Right. People won't take themselves to the threshold of belief, but I will. Yep. I'll take you to your threshold of belief, not letting you go over. If somebody sets a goal that the Kardashians are doing or Joe Rogan is doing, sure. or if somebody's looking out there to is a magazine or their yeah. neighbor or whatever, you're, you don't necessarily believe in t inside your own soul that you can achieve it. So it's yeah. important to screen for that belief. Now, if we do that, now R, realistic, becomes redundant because we already screened for realistic with my mindset. I believe mm -hmm. I can do it, it mm -hmm. becomes my reality. Mm -hmm. Moreover, with that criteria, somebody could brush their teeth twice a day and be specific, measurable, <laughs> achievable, mm -hmm. realistic in, in a certain amount of time. So if right. somebody wants to brush their teeth twice a, week, twice a day and that's their goal, they don't need me. Sure. Right, but if somebody wants to change their behavior right. and get something they haven't gotten before, then right, they now they need though. me. So I added an A for ambition, right? Mm -hmm. So not just achievable, do you believe you can? But is this ambitious? Not like why one million, why not five million? Yeah. Like what behavior do you need to change? in order to achieve this. If you have to change your behavior, do you have to decrease any of your current behaviors? Do you have to improve any of your current behaviors? Right. Do you have to start doing something you're not doing? You have to stop that, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. D-I-S-S, -S, decrease, increase, start, or stop. If you have to do one of those four to achieve your goal, you might need a coach. Yeah. You might need somebody that can support you on behavioral change and get you out of your own way. For sure. And then what'd you do with the R? The R is now reason or reward. Like, you know, what's your why? What's your why? What's your why? What's your why? What's the reason? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you want it? Why else do you want it? Why else do you want it? So most people, if they've got one reason for wanting something, money, 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 they might get around to doing what it takes. Sure. But if they've got four reasons for wanting something, I want to build my database. I want to make a bunch of money. I want to be known as a subject matter expert in the industry. And I want to get out of agent into broker, into investor. Now that person could be unstoppable. Yeah. So well, if I pull all of that reason, mm -hmm. reward out of them and get them clear on it, they won't press snooze. They'll get up and they'll, they'll go the extra mile. There's never right. any traffic on the extra mile. And if you know that you can do that and you have someone keeping you accountable, you're, you know, the chances of you getting that goal, or at least close to it, like you said, you can measure it, right? And yeah, I don't make people successful. I help them earn the success they're, they're, they're gonna get anyway, just quicker with less mistakes, more certainty, yeah. more fun. That's good, yeah. I love that. I don't work with, you know, coaches aren't for you know underachievers. Yeah. Coaches are for successful people that know they wanna succeed. Yeah. And like, they want it know. quicker, faster, smarter, more certain, less errors, more efficient. Absolutely, and, and, and that's, I think, I wonder, if, do people have hesitancy like in like getting a coach because they yes. just they just don't want <laughs> they, they almost don't do they really want it right it's like like I want to be more fit right like mm -hmm. I want to drop pounds and it's on my dream board and it's on my vision board and I have this weight that I want right but I love tacos I love tequila I love eating I love you know yeah spending time by the pool or whatever it is I don't love the gym you know I don't it's not my favorite thing to do right mm -hmm. but I have also had a trainer before, and I know that I, sometimes I dread, like, oh, today's Tuesday, I got, you know, so-and-so coming, you know, and we got to do, and I got to be accountable. Yeah. So is it, do we defeat, like, do we, what is it, or what's the reason why we hesitate to even, like, commit to that stuff? Is it, do we really not want, I mean, I really. There's a, there's a, lo there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons. But just imagine, um, this isn't the best example, but a scale now, Right. Uh, you get a left side of a scale, right side of a scale, and whichever one's carrying more weight will go lower, right? So yeah. when your desire to be fit is heavier mm -hmm. than your desire for tequila or tacos, you will commit. Right. Until then, you won't. Right. You know, it's just what do you want more? 
Yeah. Like every people don't have a problem telling you what they want. Right. What they have a problem with is telling you what they're willing to do to get it. Yeah. And that's the problem is they they easily want something, but everybody wants. Are something. they willing? Yeah. Is someone willing to do it? You know. Yeah. And 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 so it's like, it's like, is it DefCon one or DefCon five? Right. Like, and the other part of it is is you know to take a coaching concept, leverage. You know, I might say to something like, "Here, let's role play this." All right, so you're interested in getting to a certain weight. Mm -hmm. What is it? Right? Don't answer these questions, but hear them. Right? Yeah. What does it cost you in the past not to be at an ideal weight? What is it costing you right now not to be at the weight that you want to be at? And if you don't get to the weight that you want to be at in the next year or two, what's at stake? Mm. And if you can't come up with good answers to that, then go back to tacos and tequila. <laughs> yeah. You follow because there's the reason that you right because there's no real consequences. Sure. Right. But if you're like I am, you know, dealing with mortality of parents and wondering about midlife stuff and, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to be 50 years old this year and I lost my parents in 2020. Now I'm wondering more about health. Yeah. Right. So getting the colonoscopy, getting the wisdom teeth removed, getting the sleep study and getting a sleep. I didn't want to do any of that. Yeah. For the first 48 years. Yep. And all of a sudden my parents died and I'm looking at my kids and all of a sudden I really wanted to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, so the, you have the why. You yeah. The well, and also like I can, I can have these conversations with myself. Right. But most people aren't trained in pulling the, the, the why or the what or the what's at stake or the consequences of doing or not doing anything about this. Right. right. I mean, if I asked a million people out there, what are the three most important things about their world, life or business or career that have to be different? Mm -hmm. I'd get three million answers. But all of them would fit in six categories. We already know what everybody wants. It's not, you know, what do you want isn't the hard part. We, are every, we know what people want. Sure. They want health, relationships, finance. They want connection. Freedom. They want legacy, legacy yeah. or variety, excitement. We, we know what people want. What we don't know is how bad they want it, what they're willing to do to get it. And we don't know how addicted they are to the chemicals of the status quo. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when people think about addiction, they think uh, coffee or, or nicotine or sugar. But there's emotions, not just the taco, but there's a way that you feel when you have the taco. Yeah. So there's chemicals that come out of our hypothalamus and they get into our system. Mm. right? And so the cells in our body can be saying, wait a second. I like when you eat a taco. That makes me feel good. Right. Give me more of that. Yeah. And there's not enough cellular level craving for the workout, for the gym, for the dis mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So like my son, who's a junior in high school right now, if he, he goes a day or two without working out, he starts getting nervous because the cells in his body are looking for that kind of He's adrenaline sweat. That, yeah. Right. So yeah. if he doesn't work out, he'll get nervous. And you probably know people like that. Like, oh, I haven't been to the gym in three days. I feel like crap. It's like. Yeah. What? <laughs> I say, wait a second. Did you say days or years? <laughs> because I'm sorry to project my situation onto your listening, but right. you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, They're right. addicted to that. They like it. That it's emotion. Something, something's in their, the their cells. That, you got, yeah. Well, like a cell. See, here's the thing. Imagine like an arrow or a, a needle, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so when the emotions, they form in like peptides or chain amino acid sequences. Like if we saw this visualized, it looked like a rope. You know, mm -hmm, yeah. but they leave the hypothalamus and they get into our nervous system and their cells, they're bombarding. So now imagine like a pin cushion. Okay. So now if, um, let's say disciplined, firm, steadfast, unwavering, think about that, yep. the, that, that vibration, mm -hmm. steadfast, firm, unwavering. Mm -hmm. If that comes out of my hypothalamus, right. And then sticks to my cell like a pin cushion. In, now, yeah. like a syringe, it's going to infuse this cell with the chemicals that make up. So anger feels different than sadness. Mm -hmm. Steadfast feels different than hopeful. Mm -hmm. Do you follow? So mm -hmm. it feels different because they're different chemical combinations. So same way nicotine is different than uh, caffeine. Uh, caffeine. Mm -hmm. Steadfast is different from 
any other emotion, right? Steadfast, dedicated, they vibrate the same. Anyway, so the thing is now the cell, when it divides, like a crack baby, <laughs> the new cell is saying, hey, tapping its veins like a heroin addict saying, hey, where's the, yeah. where's the chemical that mom and dad had? Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, God, I feel like I should go for a run. Yeah. Or, you know what? I think, you know, the gym's still open. I can get there. And all you don't know why, you, you, but because the cell was sending the craving up. Interesting. So, like, there's a lot of reasons why yeah. people hesitate getting a coach, cellular level, fear of changing, discipline, work, you know, all kinds of, all yeah. kinds of reasons. So, um, sort of still in a brand new year, right? We're in February. Yeah, happy clue year, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you too, I should say. Um, to, you know, some of us set goals, mm-hmm. you know, some the listeners. Maybe one of those goals is to build a team, mm. to, to build your business, right? To yeah. add, you know, more more employees, more staff, um, to grow. Yes. What What is some advice you can give on team building and like growing and, and scaling a business? Yeah, I'll tell you that um, it's not just growing, hiring, but it's also managing performance so they stay. Yeah. Okay, because most business owners um, are afraid to hire. Number one, they're afraid of committing salary to new people, not knowing if they're going to have enough money to do sure. it. That's one fear. But then also they're afraid of making a bad hire, having a babysitting situation, and now all that time they spent hiring and all the money they spent hiring, and now they just have to kick that person out, which is right. another pain in the ass with other mm-hmm. li- liabilities. Big waste of time. Yeah, and now it's like, is it worth it? And back to your guy before. I'm just going to run my own desk, man. Yeah. Screw this. Yeah. Right. And, the and there's yeah. no right or wrong to it, but for people that do want to grow and scale. Yeah. Right. I'm going to tell you that I have a, a, a thing that I teach. I could teach it in 10 minutes. I could teach it in a day. Yeah. Is uh, it's, it's the wheel of performance management. Okay. Okay. So imagine a hub, right. Mm-hmm. And then the spokes. Mm-hmm. So every document or every piece of um, uh, Intel or the document that you would need to manage somebody's performance to get good performance out of them, keep them engaged, low turnover, mm-hmm. retention, and then performance, right. That's what you want. Yep. All of the documents, and I can say, first of all, there are spokes on, in my mind, there's spokes on a wheel. And the hub, and this is, sounds weird because it's not rocket science, is the position description. This is what most business owners won't do. They won't sit down and write a good position description. Yep, one, one that's meaningful, detailed, accurate. One, ones that's strategic. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to a position description, there's three keys. The title. Yep. The right title that you have is going to prevent the wrong person from applying. Mm-hmm. So is this a production assistant or is it a senior loan officer? Totally different applicants. Right. Does it make sense? Right? 100%. Yeah. So if you're not thinking about the title, you're going to get an inbox of 100 resumes and you're going to fall asleep before you open two of them. And now you've basically said, hey, everybody, I'm hiring, but I'm not going to get to your resume. So now you're not marketing yourself very well either. Like, sure. oh, I submitted my resume, but I haven't heard from anybody. And now that's the word on the street about your business. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Number two, duties. So a lot of times when people write the position description, they're writing an ad instead of a position description. I want to know observable duties. What are the the successful what do candidate? You expect from them? Yeah. yeah, observable duties. Yeah, right. Specifics. Like you know, we'll turn on the lights. We'll get a, a branded mug. Mm-hmm. You know, for the host. We'll greet upon arrival. We'll reach out, find candidates. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll so observable. They can then visualize like bingo. The, the candidate. Can I, yeah, they can they can see whether or not. Now, first of all, they haven't seen this yet, by the way. I can get way deeper on the, the process. But what I'm getting at is behind the scenes, you have to be really clear on the position title, the title for the position so you get the right seniority and the right skill set acumen. Sure. Okay? Someone then, is looking maybe for a, a higher level job that they want to you know, get a boost or whatever. Who, right? who, nobody career. wants to hire somebody overqualified. Right. Nobody wants to hire somebody underqualified right. unless you already have a training plan in place. 
Sure. So a lot of people hire out of what? Desperation. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, hey, what's that behind you? Do you have a pulse? Can you start tomorrow? Yeah. And now they wonder why they got to let that person go in 30 days. True. So duties are observable behaviors. Like if I was watching you do your job, what would I see you do? So action verbs are what you want on the duties, mm -hmm. right? But here's what's really important about that. Once I get clear on the duties, now I know what qualifies somebody to do that. Mm -hmm. Now I'll give a very basic example. If one of the duties is data entry, we'll, we'll, do data, digitize our files, sure. data entry. So what qualifies somebody to do that? Must be able to type 60 words a minute. Right. Yeah. Right. But a lot of times the qualifications like must be a team player, must have good communication skills, but it's not, it's not, they're not putting Everyone themselves. Everyone thinks they have that in their head. Oh, I'm a team player. Yeah. But if you, when, but how do you screen for it? How do you find out for sure? Yeah. How do you interview for it? How do you, you follow? Cause mm -hmm. so anyway, so if I have in the center, right, if I have, Title, duties, and qualifications. Now I can write a good, now the spokes, right? Now okay. I can write a really good ad, mm. which is a shorter, it's not the position description, it's a short thing that attracts candidates, but yeah. I've got that title, right? Yep. Hey, are you looking for project management experience, but not in IT or engineering? We're looking for a marketer. That's good. Project, do you, you understand yeah. what I'm getting? So then I can write the ad more. And you're, and you're asking, are you looking for? Yeah. yeah. Versus you, like, we are looking for. Right, like you got that, it. That you make it audience centric. You make it totally different. Like that, I, I've I mean, I hired thousands of people in my career. Yeah, and I, when you see something that's geared towards you, it instantly piques your interest. That's what a lot of what we're talking about right. is. People think, and I used to ask this to my communication students. What do you think communication is? They say getting your point across. No, to who? If nobody's listening, where are you going to get a point across to? Right. So communication is at least fifty-one percent listening. Yeah. And it's and it's a receiver base. Doesn't matter if I think I'm good, it matters what you think. Yeah. So I gotta be more about you than about me. Yeah. But until I know what I'm doing, I'm, it's gonna be hard to not be about me because I'm insecure and I'm over explaining and I'm setting the narrative. If I just get a confidence about what I'm doing, then I could really be about you. Yeah. And now I'm writing a better ad that appeals to you rather than me. Like, hey, we're hiring, great opportunity, come work for us. Right. <laughs> Versus what are you? It's not about me. Out? Everybody's favorite topic is themselves. So if you're not speaking to everybody's favorite topic, you might lose them. Mm -hmm. um, but that, all these other documents. So now I can write a better offer letter. I can write better interview questions. Mm. I can write an employee handbook or update the employee handbook based on what I know this person's going to do. How do they access? What are the rules of working here? I can write an operations manual yep. so I can operationalize their duties because I'm clear about what they are. So now I can create standard operating procedures because if you're out for the day, we can call a temp agency and have somebody here that'll do 60% of your job. Right. Yeah, just already, by following the SOPs, have, yeah, right? right? And then I can write um, an agenda for my one-on-one -on -one meeting with you because I'm not just your boss, but I'm going to coach you to success. So we're going to have a one-on-one -on -one agenda, but then I'm also going to write the agenda for the team meeting if yeah. your position is on a team. And But the description informs what I want to do in those meetings, yeah. right? Now I could also write key performance indicators. Like if you did 60 words a minute yeah. for three hours a day, how many files would you do per day? Now I can figure out if you're below, at, or above average performance. Right. And then I can set the performance improvement plan. Here's what happens if you kick ass. Yeah. Raises promotions, more responsibility. Here's what happens if you're average. You'll stay right where you are because yeah. everybody needs some average players on the team. Right. Yeah. We would know what the successful ones are. You don't want below average on your team, mm -hmm. but every team has them. Mm -hmm. And then if you're below average, here's our performance improvement plan. First, we're going to train you this. Then we're going to send you here. Finally, we're going to invest in a coach for you. And if 90 days later, you're still not making your numbers, we're going to let you go to an opportunity that will make sense for you because it obviously doesn't better. make sense here. Right. And then finally, the termination letter. So I got 
ad, like follow it like a clock. The ad, the interview questions, the employee handbook, the operations manual, the key performance indicators, the one-on-one and team meeting agendas, the performance improvement plan and the term- termination letter, and then replace that ad again and get get somebody really good in here. Right. So the wheel- and If you follow that, you, you hopefully won't- I will manage yeah. their performance better. Right. Because I'm doing it from solid foundation. Give them a better chance of succeeding. Yeah. So they respond to the ad. Then I was like, hey, we're asking everybody to answer these questions before scheduling interviews. What's your status? What's your motivation? What's your availability? What are your expectations? Reattach your resume. Mm -hmm. And then if they answer, answer on time and answer good, then I'll schedule a phone interview. I haven't even had to look at a resume yet. Save yourself a ton of time. You got it. So a lot of times people hire out of desperation, place an ad that's not based on a well-written position description. It's a desperation play speaking about me rather Mm -hmm. than you. And they don't have time to- to Then they got a hundred- yeah. resumes in their inbox and they've just created another piece of overwhelm and stress for themselves because mm-hmm. they didn't take the time to build the foundation first which is the position description that's good do you have like a plug and play kind of thing like that for like you know like 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 my friend who just just does loan survivor just does his own loans and he's all by himself but he maybe wants to add two or three but it's not enough time to do all what you just said Would do you, you have like a plug and play solution for maybe a mortgage broker that's trying to add to their team like where you have a wheel yeah or you well like, maybe like you could spend an hour with them and help yeah yeah do yeah, all yeah, that. yeah yeah i yeah for Give any tool any mortgage broker out there that's listening that would like me to come on in and or talk, do a zoom or whatever complimentary for your listeners i won't even charge for the first hour be careful i'm just no i'm, t- no, I'm telling <laughs> yeah, you right yeah. or for the first five get me and then <laughs> the rest of you get one of the coaches i've trained anyway <laughs> you know yeah. what i'm saying like yeah. honestly like, yeah. I, I could come up with an hour for any anybody in your universe right an yeah. hour right well, of generous. course Thank you. yeah and and it's very simple you know why do you want to hire you know what's your you know I, an hour later and then tell me about your processes now send me the position description what interview questions what where is it hurt in the past why hasn't yeah. this gone well for you what's your hesitation what are you really afraid of an hour later i'll have them dialed in sweet yeah that's awesome and if they want me to come in like one of the things is i can either coach people mm-hmm on the strategic staffing process. So I meet with them and then I give them the content and then they go execute it. Or as a consultant, I can come in and Kinda supplement. Like keep and, accountable. And I can and do the interviews. Help. Yeah, like mm-hmm. right now I'm, I'm coaching quasi consulting with a client of mine in the publishing industry that is looking for, it was off the top of my head, a project manager in training. Yep. And so I'm coaching the hiring manager on position description, screening questions what's how do we get from screening to phone interview mm-hmm. what right at some point they may want me to come in and participate in the interviews but if not i'll be there at the end running behavioral assessments on the final candidates and nice. so so um anybody can hire but most people are going to hire out of desperation make tons of mistakes i'm a if i'm a broker i didn't take human resources classes mm-hmm. if i'm a bro you follow but i need yeah. to hire yeah you do so and, and and you may not be able to afford a full time HR person. I'll make a deal with the mortgage brokers out there. If I can do my own loan, I would. And if you can hire on your own, go for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do you, you know what I mean. You can't. You, know? you can't do it all. Right? We need specialists. Yeah, we need help. We do. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a smarter play to get help from an expert than it is to try to. I mean, I could do my own plumbing, right? Sure. But you it could. would take me a thousand times as long. I'd make tons of mistakes, and I wouldn't Smell be saving. Funny. I wouldn't be saving the money that I thought I'd be saving by doing it myself. Right. Right. And we all can wash our own car, but you know, it's yeah. like go have someone wash it. You know. That's a money. if you're depending on what your time is worth. Especially, you know, most of the mortgage b- brokers last year made a ton of money, so they can afford to hire someone like you. And it's, if they want to scale, times are good. Yeah. Time's All right. Been, time's been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one question I love to ask yes, all sir. my guests is you know, we've all had failures if we're successful, right? What's, yes. What's your favorite failure? Huh. Put you on the spot. This one that just stands out, like that made you learn something. Yeah, well, it's not the favorite. Like, um, 
<laughs> I, don't know, I think about the, all these embarrassing moments come to mind rather than my favorite yeah. failure. Um, and I know that there's like this big, like I feel naked right now in front of a gazillion people moment that's like I'm not accessing. But like, um, uh, I think that... God, it's, I'm trying to find a specific anecdote, you know, because this is a big question. Yeah. This is an important question. Or maybe not your favorite, but just one that stands out. Yeah, well, um, one is an embarrassing one when I was posturing, when I, I didn't even know what coaching was. Mm -hmm. I used I had a real estate license, and I'm like, all right, I formed Get a Clue as a C-Corp, but I thought I'd be a consultant. Right. Yeah. So I was going out in the marketplace handing out two business cards. I had my real estate business card, right? I'd put on a real estate costume and go network with brokers yep. and title reps and insurance and financial, you know, the buffinis and the whatever of the sure. world, right? And so I was playing with it, right? And then, and then I had my card, my business card that I made on my computer at home with like the clip art, right? Like the mm -hmm. dude holding mm -hmm. a light bulb. Like it mm -hmm. said, need some ideas? Get a clue. I had no idea what I was doing, right? Yeah. So I meet this um, title rep at an event and I hand him the two cards and he goes, and his name's Brian Trachel. If you know many of your people may know him, he's he's, he's very very well known in real estate and personal professional growth. Great guy, and uh, he says, "Oh, you're a coach too." I just met him, and I was like, "Coach, <laughs> read the card. It says consultant." <laughs> you know how much money I'd made as a consultant at that point? Like exactly zero dollars and zero cents. Got it. And I was like, "What? What do you coach?" Yeah. Like. I didn't even know what it was. He's like, you know, Tony Robbins, and he starts naming all these names. I'm like, oh man, I know all of these academic authors of communication, but I don't know coaching. And moreover, I'm networking myself to people that don't hire consultants, they hire coaches. Mm. Let me learn more about this coaching thing. And then I went, so it was a great mistake. I was yeah. posturing, I wasn't being authentic. Right. I was like, not fake it till you make it, but act yeah, as if. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I was just caught in a state of ignorance. I'm just like, there it is, I'm, here it is, I'm ignorant, yeah. teach me something. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of people go through that when they want to be an expert, they want to be credible, et cetera. But you have to be willing to be honest and humble. Right. Yeah. So I'd say the only mistake to be afraid of is one you don't learn from. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, don't you let, have to make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Don't let the packaging fool you. You know, like you're either going to win or you're going to learn. That's so good. just go, go, go. Take action. You win or learn. Either way, you're winning. Who inspires you? My wife and kids inspire me. You know, if you said, hey, Jeff, what do you do for a living? I wouldn't say coaching, consulting, or any of that stuff. I'd say I wake up every day, figure out how to deserve my wife and kids. My daughter, I'll start there. My God. She's, um, she's got the fast processor like me, so she's theater and performance and... Um, but she's also got like the analytical stuff mm -hmm. from my wife. So she, I'm looking at this dynamo that can <laughs> do everything I can do and so much more. That's awesome. And it's really awesome because uh, I told my wife, I'm like, hey, you got to say yes because we'll make good kids. She's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I said, well, they'll, they'll draw a little for me and they'll draw a little from you and they'll be better than either of us. So thank right. you. Thank my kids for proving me right on that so far. Um, uh, you know, my son, AJ, he's right now in varsity baseball. He made varsity as a sophomore. That's further than I ever Let's got go. athletically. Awesome, man. Right? Like, he just inspires me. But, like, I, like I'm already looking up to my yeah. kids based on what they've accomplished in their lives, yeah. right? But then people like you inspire me as well. Entrepreneurs that know that you need to market yourself. Like, you're not just slinging loans, but you're investing in all of this right here mm -hmm. because you understand marketing. You understand growth. You understand subject matter expertise, true leadership, a brand. You want to mm -hmm. be a place where people want to come and hang their license and want to, you know. So people, sure. you know, entrepreneurs inspire me. People that um, have achieved so much that they um, are charitable. Like, you know, Tony Robbins does the, the turkeys on Thanksgiving or, mm -hmm. you know, Oprah, she got so successful that she does charity all over the place. Shaquille O'Neal inspires me. Yeah. I love Shaq. He's one of my <laughs> yeah. favorite guys on the planet. 
Um, I got a really cool Shaq story too, but every time I look up, he's doing something to help others. Yeah. He's, you know, he fought childhood obesity on national television. He, you know, whether it's kids, you know, computers for kids in the inner city in a partnership with Bill Gates, or he, he, he's just one of these guys that gets it. Like he knows that he's been gifted and he's not wasting or uh, his gifts. Yeah. He knows I got to make as much money as I can so I can do as much in, in the world as possible. Mm-hmm. So people that understand that their fame, their success, their gifts are for the purpose of serving others inspire me awesome. right Any people books you're reading or uh, podcasts that you could recommend uh, um right now i'm reading the one thing i'm finishing the one thing um jay uh who's the writer that was the guy from keller williams but he got the author pops on the one thing like mm-hmm. it's about focus right what's the one thing you could do now that such by doing it everything else would be easier mm-hmm. so i'm finishing that book um podcast you know i i'm not i don't i haven't been listening to podcasts lately i'm on i'm marketing myself to be guests on podcasts yes. so because you're an author and you're speaker, yeah, so. yeah author speaker and um so i i i, I would I wouldn't be honest if I recommended a podcast because I don't listen to podcasts regularly myself. That's going to change. Yeah. yeah. That's going to change. As a matter of fact, yours is my favorite podcast. Remember? <laughs> you, would, like, you would have a great podcast, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You speak well. You, you could, I'm sure you could. I you. understand the interviewing skills, but I haven't yeah. done podcasts, but I did in 2011. I did my interview series where once a month I interviewed somebody different in a different vertical, and that yeah. was back on conference lines where you'd star six to mute yourself, mm-hmm. right? And um, on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Pacific, uh, there's a Facebook group, Get a Clue in 52, okay. and I Zoom with my co-author of the Entrepreneur Edition, and we Zoom it. Okay. So if people want to join on the Facebook side, um, they could just participate in the conversation, free Q&A, free group coaching to okay. people, and then it streams into the Facebook group, Get a Clue in 52. Nice. And then sometimes we'll have special guests, like okay. you know, offline or whatever, and say, hey, man, do you want to come on as a special guest yeah. on my thing? And it's 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 not produced like this. It's not sure. no lights, no it's mics. Audio only. Just just use your camera and you know, or yeah, yeah, your laptop. Computer, you know, yeah. It's very casual, like okay. you know, sweatshirt. Uh, on a, I was doing it on Sunday nights now, Tuesday nights, because that fit my my co-author's schedule. So you know, you could look through these categories or these tips and figure out which one you think you'd be awesome at. And then we could do a promotion like, hey, our special guest this week is. Sure. But you, you just give me a couple of bullet points in a picture. I create a graphic and let people know we have a special guest. It's not produced beyond that. Yeah. You know? But thank you for the compliment. One yeah, day, maybe a podcast is in my future. You, you could, man. It's, it's, it's fun. But um, if someone wants to find you, Jeff, how do they, what's the easiest way? Uh, call, you, call, my, wanna... call my wife. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> all, all times. <laughs> Domestic low jack. No, I'm easy to find. Um, Jeff Klubeck, K-L-U-B-E-C-K. If you just okay. type it in, I'll come up. Okay. Um, right now, the old website, getaclue.net. That's G- K-L-U. Yeah, G-E-T-A-K-L-U.net. Uh, on YouTube. Right, a lot of stuff. You, people like watching like videos. Wants to call you and hire you. I'm oh, thinking, yeah. You, yeah. Or if they okay, well, I'll I mean, you give my phone line? number. Well, if you have a business line, or? yeah, yeah, I'll just give it out six one nine four zero five three three five six. And then if somebody's interested in that that uh, that hour that yeah. I offered, um, they can email me info i n f o at getaclue.net or jeff at getaclue.net if you want to make sure it yeah. comes to me okay. versus screen so for your listeners jeff at getaclue.net awesome. and um yeah I'm, I'm easy to find i'm easy cool. yeah well i think you provided a lot of value for the listeners and for myself for my business so thank you yeah i'm gonna use some of this stuff and we're gonna go talk to the sales team right now so um thanks for coming on the podcast guys if you like this please share subscribe you know, do all those things. Tell your friends about Jeff. Tell your friends about our podcast, and let us know uh, if you what other guests you'd want to have. So, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you on the next one.
Awesome. Thank you.